Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Ryland. I'm the lead pastor here. I'm excited to welcome you to Rockbrook Church today. And if you're a guest here today, uh, thank you so much for coming. And just on behalf of everyone in the room and in our church, uh, if you're visiting, no pressure today, okay? No one's looking at you, making sure you do everything right. And uh, you don't have to worship like us. You don't have to uh, give anything today. You don't have to serve. Our hope was to serve you. Uh, we gave you a worship guide when you walked in the door, and hopefully you could just take an opportunity, maybe during the service or today, to take a look at that. And uh, it's got some information about us. Uh, a couple of different things in there. One of them is a communication card. This is how uh, you could tell us a little bit about you. And uh, that's not because we want to knock on your door or call you or hassle you or anything. We just want to uh, thank you for coming, send you a thank you note, and um, maybe know how we can pray for you. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. And uh, there's also uh, a thing in there uh, to take notes with the message. So you can follow along with the sermon and take notes. Uh, that's also on the Rockbrook app. And I'd encourage you to take notes today because we're beginning a new series on the attributes of God. You know, the Apostle Paul said that the goal of his life was to know Jesus Christ and the power of Christ's resurrection. And uh, today, leading into Easter, starting today and in the next, next five weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to talk about who God is and what he's really, really like. Not what's been handed down to us through cartoons or novels or movies or whatever impression you've been given of God, but what he's actually really like. And we're going to look at five different character qualities that are unique to God. And to start us off, the first character quality that is completely unique to God uh, is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, where it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Say this word out loud with me. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. The Bible says nothing is hidden from God. He sees everything. In Psalm 147, verse 5, let's read this whole thing out loud together. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. And what these verses are talking about uh, is what uh, the theologians have a name. It's a, it's a characteristic that has a name that's unique to God. And it's called the omniscience of God. Omniscience. Would you say that word out loud? Omniscience. What does that mean? It means that God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. God knows everything. There's no question he cannot answer. There's no problem that confuses him. Uh, he's never surprised. He's never shocked. No one's ever thrown him a surprise birthday party. He never says, oh my goodness. He never says, oh really? God knows everything. So if he knows everything, like, what does that look like? Three things. These, oh, I love this so much. Just forgive me if I'm too excited for you today, but this is awesome. If you're taking notes, write this down. What does God know all about? God knows all about himself. <laughs> I shared that with someone this week and said, that's like your first point? That's kind of weird. I, he goes, I don't even get it. But here's the thing. You don't know all about yourself. That's why you have a lot of problems, because you don't know all about yourself. 
I'm constantly surprising myself. Like, things I thought that I could do, turns out I can't. Things I thought I couldn't do, turns out I can. I don't really know myself. Sometimes I walk into a room and I stand there and say, why did I come in here? What did I come in here for? Sometimes I'll think something and say, why am I thinking about that? Where did that come from? Sometimes I'll say something and I'll think to myself, why am I saying this? Why in the world would I say this? Sometimes I'll do something dumb and oftentimes I'll do something dumb and I'll think, what am I doing? What, have you ever even said that out loud before? What am I doing? And it's amazing how often some, someone will share something with me and then they'll say some version of, I just didn't think that would happen. Or they'll say, I didn't think I was even capable of that. God never has these moments. God knows what he's doing. I may not know what I'm doing. God knows what he's doing. I may not know what God is doing, but God knows what he's doing. He knows. Second thing God knows all about is God knows all about creation. He knows about everything he has made. Two powerful statements at the end of Genesis chapter 1 in one verse. I realized this week I've really only been preaching the second statement to you of two very powerful statements. It says in Genesis 1.31 that God saw all that he had made. First amazing statement. That he saw everything, every rock, every tree, every blade of grass, every fish, every bird, every animal, every star, and every grain of sand. He saw everything. He was totally aware of everything he had created. And then the second amazing statement, he said, it's very good. It's very good. And when God had things the way he wanted them, they were very good. And sometimes we look at the earth and we'll say, what, why is this evil thing happening? What is going on? Why would God uh, do this? Why would God allow this to happen? And we forget that, well, when God had things the way he wanted them, they were perfect. We're the ones who rebelled. We're the ones who fell. And the only reason there isn't utter pandemonium all the time, the only reason evil hasn't totally overtaken the world is because God intervenes and anything good, the goodness we see all around us is pointing us to the glory of God and drawing us to him that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And he will make everything new again. He saw all that he has made and it was very good. Number three, God knows all about History, past, present, and future. He knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future. He knows the scope of history from beginning to end. And the question we're going to answer this weekend is, well then, what does God know about me? But we need to do something first. Church, we need to worship about this. Because this is amazing and I really, uh, we, we just should not move on from this too quickly. You know, throughout the book of Psalms, if you read the book of Psalms, uh, there are these breaks. And uh, your Bible may call them interludes, uh, or your Bible may have another word in there that's called selah. And it, it's a pause moment, it's an interlude, to, to take a breath. I like how the Amplified Translation of the Bible puts it. It says it this way, pause and calmly think about that. Um, an, another definition or another way you could say it is weigh the meaning weigh the mean now just stop and weigh the meaning of what you've just read or heard 
And today, before we make it all about us, could we just keep it all about God for just a little bit longer? And we're going to sing a song of worship together, but, but even before we do that, we're going to take a moment, literally a few minutes, and just sit with this. And I've asked Noel to play keyboard, and we'll have a verse on the screen. Uh, but other than that, we're just going to, as a church family, simply say la. Just, just stop and, and think about that. To sit and wonder, and then stop. Stand with the worship team in awe of a God who is completely and eternally omniscient. And let me tell you, as we do this, and as you just sit there, stuff's going to come to your mind. And I used to sit in a quiet time or time of prayer, 21 days of prayer, worship in church, and things would come to my mind and I would get frustrated. Why am I thinking about that? Where did that come from? I haven't thought about that problem in a long time. I haven't thought about that person in years. Why am I thinking about that? And it used to frustrate me greatly, and I've learned that that's actually an opportunity uh, to give that thing over to God and to just give that situation back to God and to say again, God, you know, and you are good. God knows, and God is good. And while I'm over here trying to know everything I can know and do everything I can do, meanwhile, there's a God who's all-knowing and all-powerful. And I'm just going to sit with that for a minute. Uh, so let's do it. Let's pause and calmly, quietly think about this and then celebrate. with. We're going to celebrate God's goodness, God's omniscience with uh, the worship team. Even ask for an up-tempo number of we're just, man, this is a good thing. Let's read this verse out loud together before we go into it. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom.
you needed that. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that not only does God know everything, God knows everything about you. And, and we say God knows everything, but we really don't live like it. And today I want to do a little reminder of five specific areas that God knows everything about in your life and the difference it could actually make in your life uh, if you just remembered that fact. If you're taking notes, number one is God knows, and this is kind of the bad news of today, God knows all my faults and failures. God knows everything about us. The fact is, sometimes we want to forget the omniscience of God because it's a little uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to realize, I don't have any secrets from God. And there are some things I would much rather God not know about me. But I don't have any secrets and neither do you. God knows everything. Psalm 69 verse 5, Oh God, you know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. And foolishly, when we do something wrong, we try to hide our sin, we try to conceal it, we try to sneak it past God, we put our sins in a a closet and lock the door. But God knows what's behind your locked door. When Adam sinned, the first thing he tried to do was hide from God. And God says, Adam, where are you? And whenever God asked that, it's not because he didn't know, he knew exactly where Adam was. Adam needed to know where he was. You know, God told Cain, where's your brother Abel? Abel had been killed, and God knew that. God wanted Cain to admit it. Say it. Admit it. Proverbs 5.21 says, For your your ways, my ways, are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all our paths. But what happens is, the devil tempts us. You know, we, we get up and we go up to the refrigerator in the middle of the night and open the door. And what does the enemy say? No one will ever know. No one will ever know. And so we take the bait and then the enemy immediately hits us with another question. What if they find out? And we all have these refrigerators we go to in life, literally or figuratively. It could be a dealer uh, it could be a, a website, it could be a friend, it could be a circumstance or a situation that we go to and the enemy says no one will ever know and then we do that thing and then he condemns us and he says, what if they find out? And then we're filled with anxiety and fear and worry of what's going to happen when my parents find out or maybe they know or what, what's going to happen if and my boss or my employer finds out and, and all these things. But the reality is, you've already been found out. God knows, and he's the one who counts. The fact is, God is not shocked by my sin. He's not. He's already seen it. He saw it coming. When we confess to him the things we've done wrong, he's not shocked. He understands our faults and failures. So what should my response be then? My response should be to be honest with God, be honest, and turn from my sin. Be honest with him and turn from it. Just admit it. The Bible says that if we were to say we have no sin, we're only deceiving ourselves. You're not fooling anyone else, and you're certainly not fooling God. So just admit it. You're not fooling anyone. Say, God, you're right, and I was wrong. And be honest with him and turn from your sin. This action step comes from Proverbs 28, 13. It says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. 
In other words, how's that working for you? Not very well. It doesn't work. And then this is where the bad news becomes the good news of the gospel, that the one who confesses and renounces those sins, they find mercy. That when you come to God and you're honest with him, that you find mercy in in Christ. And he already knows. He knows all that I've done wrong and he still loves me. And when I admit it to him, it doesn't change the way he feels about me. He already knows. But this means I don't have to fake it. I don't have to pretend anymore. You don't have to play Christian before God. Be honest with him. The second thing God knows all about is God knows all my feelings and frustrations. And this is huge because some of you think nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody feels the pain I'm going through. Well, God knows. God knows all your feelings. He knows all your frustrations. Psalm 31, 7 says, you have seen my troubles and you care about, and and this may give words to how some of you maybe feel, you don't even know how to put it, the anguish of my soul. And some of you have a crisis or an anguish in your soul, and often when we're hurting, we feel very isolated, very lonely. Maybe there's been a death in the family, a divorce, a traumatic event, and we feel alone and we think nobody understands the way I feel. Nobody feels the pain I feel. Well, what does God think when he knows how you feel? It says in Psalm 103, as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He's our creator. So I I had a fact and response for point number one. I'm actually going to give you one of these. If if you're a note taker, you'll like this. You might want to write it down. But the fact of this is God is sympathetic to my hurts. Not only does he see, he cares, and he understands why it happened. The Bible says he understands because he made us. He also understands because Jesus Christ came to earth and is acquainted with our grief and faced everything we faced, yet he did not sin. And he sees the hurt in your heart. Nobody else may. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I have no idea what God is doing. Then he reminds me, Ryland, you have no earthly idea what I am doing. And we may have no earthly idea what he's up to, but whatever it is, we know it will be good. It will be meaningful. There is a God. There is purpose for pain, and there is hope for humanity. And are you trusting God in the dark? And it's when you trust God in those dark moments that he will turn the light on again. And are you trusting God in the midst of your feelings and frustrations? So what should I do? If he sees all my hurts, I should give them to him. I should trust God, trust him with my hurts. I should trust him in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that difficult situation. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Throw it on him. Make a decision once and for all that, God, I'm never going to understand fully what you know and what you are doing, but I'm putting my trust in you. I'm not going to carry this anxiety. You can carry this for me and give it to him and say, God, I'm still going to trust you and don't take them back. Give him your hurts just like you give him your faults and your failures and your sins and every other area of your life. Number three, what else does God know about me? God knows, God knows all my future. He knows all my future uh, even before I was born in Psalm 139. And, and you'll study this chapter if you're doing the talk it over notes with a group or your family or something. You'll, you'll look at this chapter. But it says, your eyes saw my unformed body 
All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And you know, everybody is interested in the future. Have you noticed this? People try all kinds of things to try to figure out what's going to happen next. Astrology, horoscopes, tea leaves, biorhythms, flux capacitor. They're just doing anything they can. And I know a guy who, and he watches the stock market very closely trying to predict the future. He gambles on sports trying to predict the future. He pays close attention to political polls to see who's going to get elected and what's going to happen. He consults with people about the future, and then he had the nerve to laugh at me for believing the prophecies of God written in the Bible. And I'm like, well, buddy, God has a far better track record than you. I mean, good grief, we're living in the same neighborhood. If you got all that figured out, you'd think you'd be well beyond me, so come on. I don't think you got it. And the fact is that God sees my tomorrow today. He already sees the things we'll face. God is not limited by time. God is not limited by sequence of events. It's like when they show a helicopter shot of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and you can see the beginning of the parade and the end of the parade all at the same time without stopping it. God is not limited by perspective. He's not limited by events. He's not limited by time. He sees it all at once. He sees the beginning and the end and it moving. And that gives me great confidence in God, that God knows everything that's going to happen in my life. Come on, don't miss this today, okay? God knows everything that's going to happen in my life. The horrible things that would be done to me, that would happen to me, and the stupid things I would do myself. And God said, you know what? It's still worth creating Ryland. And whatever you're going through or your family member or your friend or what's happening, God saw that was going to happen and he says, you know what, it's still worth it. You know what that tells me? That there is something, my goodness, that what what God has in store must be greater than we could have ever have imagined. That there is a, a future gain and inheritance that far outweighs our present suffering and pain. And my response is, if I know that God knows all my tomorrows today, then, well, duh, I should ask him for advice. I should go to him. And the things that you don't know, God can tell you about. Now, God is not going to lay out your whole life all at once, telling you everything that will happen in in your life. If he did, one of two things would happen. You'd either get very discouraged or very prideful. And so he's going to lay it out a little bit at a time. Again, it's a matter of perspective. It's like if you're driving on a a mountain on a curving road with a lot of switchbacks, things that you can't see the road for very long, and you get behind a slow car, and you want to pass, but you never have the vision to know if it's okay to pass. It's like, man, if I could just radio up and see, hey, don't pass now. Now you got plenty of room. Now's a good time to pass that you can get to a point where a relationship with God is like that. From God's perspective, he knows everything that's going to happen. And he'll tell you, he'll say, you'll see it. God will be, you should not move in with this person. You should not be in this relationship. You should be in a relationship like this. Don't put your money into this thing. Put your money into this thing. And he will coach you and advise you and counsel you. He's a wonderful counselor. What's the practical application here? It's that whenever you go over your schedule with God, and I don't know when you do this, maybe 
uh, once a month or once a week, I hope it's every day, that you just come before God and say, Heavenly Father, uh, here's what I've got, but you've seen this day and you've seen about what I'm about to experience and you know every interruption I'm going to face, you know about every flat tire, uh, you know about every cranky person, uh, you know uh, a person's going to cuss me out today and customer service, or uh, you've already seen it. You've seen the, the reports that we're going to get on this health issue. You know it all. And would you right now, God, give me the strength to cope through this day, the strength that I need for today. Would you give me my daily bread? He already knows. And you can ask him for wisdom and for strength. God knows all my faults and failures, yet he still loves me. God knows all my frustrations, yet he still cares. God knows all my future, so I can ask him for advice. Number four, God knows all my fears. God knows all your fears. And often the most things that we get uptight about um, are, and fearful of are in the areas of our needs and even more specifically our finances, our financial fears. In Matthew 6, Jesus says this, Don't worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows everything you need. And worry, when we worry, it's simply a result of not knowing the omniscience of God. That we think he's unaware, that he does not care, that he's oblivious to it, and we say, I've got to take matters into my own hands. And I'll be God. I'll start worrying. Worrying is trying to play God. And worrying is taking responsibility for things God never intended you to have. It's, you're not, it, it reveals our full trust is not in him. He says, well, yeah, I trust God, but I've got to hedge my bet a little bit and put some trust in this thing. In Matthew 6, again, Jesus makes an amazing statement that, well, actually, your father knows what you need before you even ask. He knew it before you even knew it was a need. And the fact is simply that God is aware of my needs. And if God knows all my needs, then my response is, well, then I don't need to worry about that thing. Instead, I'll pray about it. I'll surrender it to God. I'll seek his solutions. I'll endure what he wants me to endure. There's hope. I have faith. And I trust him. Fifth thing God knows all about is God knows all of my faithfulness. I love this. Every time you do the right thing, God is watching. Every time you're tempted and you do not give in to temptation, every time you exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, God understands and sees your faithfulness to him. In Matthew 6 and several other places, we learn this fact that God actually wants to reward people for the things they do in Jesus' name, and your good deeds will be rewarded. Every good deed will be rewarded, no matter how insignificant, regardless of whether anybody else on earth saw it or not. Now, this isn't what gets you into heaven, your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that can bring you back from the dead. It's what gets you in heaven. But God sees what you're doing and says, okay, you're resurrected, you're saved. I want to reward you for the things that you've done in my name. And so every encouragement you give to other people, every time you do a serving act for your husband and wife, nothing too small. Every time you pick up around the office when it's not your job, every time you set up chairs, stuff bulletins, host a small group, every act of courtesy, every time you had the opportunity to gossip and you did not, Every time you had the opportunity to be critical and you were not, he sees every little thing. He sees every big thing. Every time you gave an offering sacrificially, 
Every time you served someone in a big way, you went the extra mile, they may not be grateful. God is. And you might say, well, I'm not doing it for the reward. And God says, well, I want to reward you because I'm a grateful God. And God sees it. And he's seen it all and he will reward you. It doesn't matter. It really does not matter how we appear to other people as much as it matters how we appear to God. It doesn't matter how we appear in public. What matters is who we are in private. Character is who you are in the dark. Reputation is what other people say about you. Character is who you really are. Uh, Maybe you had this experience when you were a teenager. When I was a teenager, whenever my parents would go out of town, uh, my mom would say, we're about to find out who you really are because character is who you are when your parents are out of town. Character is who you are when you're alone. Character is who you are in the dark. And I didn't always get it right, but what matters is the integrity in your life when nobody is looking because there is someone looking, God. And God says, I see it. It's a tremendous motivator to live a Christ-like life. So what should be my response? If God sees all the good things that I do and good grief, he's cheering me on, he's rewarding me, then my response should be, and I'm encouraged, I'm not discouraged. No way. And some of you are saying, I've been trying to do the right thing in my marriage and I don't see any results. I've been trying to be the right kind of person and respond correctly with my kids, respond correctly to my parents, respond correctly to my spouse. I've been trying to be a good Christian at work. I've been trying to have a a good testimony at school, and I don't know if it's paying off, and I don't even know if it's impacting anyone's life. And God says, no, 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 no. I see it. And it really doesn't matter who else. At every act of kindness, every act of love, God's recording it all. And nothing you endure, nothing that good thing that you do is ever done in vain. Galatians 6, 9, would you read this out loud with me? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Matthew 10 says that even a cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus. God says, I'm interested in that. And I'll remember it. And I'm grateful for it. Knowing these things, knowing that God knows everything in my life, I have found has, has one of two responses in people's lives. Knowing that God knows everything about me, it's either wonderfully comforting or very disturbing. It really all depends on my relationship to God, more specifically my relationship to Jesus Christ, and whether or not I'm trying to fool him. And I wonder if which of these five areas you have been acting as if Christ Jesus is totally unaware. Because Christ knows all your faults and failures. Have you been pretending, acting as if that Christ doesn't know the wrong things you're involved in? And maybe you thought you could get away with it. Maybe you've even said to yourself, well, no one will ever know. And you may be fooling people. You're not fooling Christ. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he carried the shame, the guilt, the oppression, and the punishment of that thing. He knows. He knows all about it. 
And you need to admit it to yourself and to God and to come clean and ask for Christ Jesus to forgive you. Remember that he already knows about it and he still went to the cross. My goodness, that is grace. Is that not grace? And he's going to say, I know, I understand. He's going to even say, I know how you got into it and I'll show you the way out. God knows. Christ knows. Christ knows all your feelings and frustrations. He, he came to earth. He faced the things that we face. And maybe you're hurting. And maybe you've been saying, no one understands me. And you've been saying that for so long that you have forgotten that Christ completely understands you. And he's seen the anguish in your soul, the crisis of your soul. He's seen every time you've cried yourself to sleep. And he loves you and he's very much aware of what is happening in your life. And you need to realize that he understands you even better than you do. God knows your future. Christ Jesus knows your fears. He knows your faithfulness. Are you discouraged in doing what's right? You think, I've been trying to do what the Bible says, and I don't even know if it's paying off, and I don't even know if anyone appreciates it. God knows. Christ Jesus knows. And to me, that's one of the most amazing things in life, is that God knows. Nobody knows me like God, yet nobody loves me like God. And nobody knows you like God, like Christ Jesus, and nobody loves you like Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Would you turn your life over? Over to God, over to Jesus. He made you, he knows you, he sent his son Christ to come and die for you. You're not here by accident. He wanted to say this to you today. He knew you would be here on this day before you did. And some of you, and maybe you say, I, I've, I've believed in Jesus for a while, but I've never turned my life over to him. Maybe you've never believed in him. And you've been waiting weeks or months or even years to give your life to Christ. What in the world are you waiting on? It's the smartest thing you could ever do, to get in tune with the one who made you. And I would encourage you today, don't wait one more minute. Open your heart up to him right now where you are and say, Jesus Christ, God, you know all about me. And yet somehow you still love me. And God, I admit it, I'm lost and dead without you. Sure, I may be able to clean up a few things in my life and get a couple things right, but at the end of the day, that doesn't save me. I need someone who can save, who can die in my place and conquer the grave and conquer my death. And I need your power in my life today. Jesus Christ, as much as I know how, I want to follow you, come into my life. I need the power of the resurrection in my life. Heavenly Father, I thank you that no one, no one knows me like you do. Yet you love me like no one else. And I pray that our church will come to grow and understand you more. Help us uh, to... Just appreciate who you are more over these next five weeks. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.